Hi, everyone. Welcome back to my podcast, Happy Hour with Victabulous. Today is episode two, and it is Friday. So happy Friday, everybody. I hope everyone had a great week staying safe, social distancing, but at the same time, surviving and not going insane with, you know, being quarantined. Hopefully you're able to at least get out enjoy the beautiful weather that we have and yeah and looking forward to the weekend just to let you guys all know we thought it'd be i was bouncing ideas back off with my sister really quick before i get into the movie discussion um thought it'd be nice to since the title of my podcast is happy hour with fictabulous thought it would be fun to tell you my choice of drink while i drink during this discussion uh each episode maybe choose like a different concoction of an alcoholic beverage and no just for your information. I am not an alcoholic, but I do like a good mixed drink every now and then or wine, but that's what you guys want to think of me. Fine, whatever. I'm a grown-ass woman. I can have an alcoholic beverage if I want to. Anyways, happy hour with Tabulous. This movie discussion about Knives Out is fueled by Cutwater's Lime Margarita. And no, I'm not getting paid to say this. I just thought, again, it would be fun way to, you know, have a drink of choice, mix it up a bit, And hopefully you guys will be joining me in having an adult beverage yourself while you listen to my podcast. I also wanted to do just kind of a little uh, recap of episode one, uh, which was A Quiet Place, um, because I did have a few friends that wanted to comment and I wanted to share those comments to um, just also remind in a way to remind you guys that I want this podcast to be included. So go and leave your comments on my Twitter, Instagram, send me an email, you know, lengthy just a few, a sentence, whatever that you want on either episode one or uh, the special tribute anniversary episode for Avengers Endgame. Or if you listen to the podcast before and you knew I was going to be talking about Knives Out, you know, you have comments, let me know. I will try to get to those, um, to looking at the comments or check my emails on a regular basis to make sure I don't miss anything. So that way, hopefully I can uh, bring your guys' comments on the air. So, um, just to recap with The Quiet Place from episode one, um, my friend Nicole, she, she listened to that podcast recently and she texted me saying that she had to say her comments, so I wanted to share them. Her comments was that it, she was so mad when John Krasinski's character knocked up his wife, who again, if you remember, coincidentally, is his real life wife, Emily Blunt. She was mad at that because how are you going to seem like you're um, mad at your own daughter for a noise situation because it may comes off in the movie that he blamed his daughter for giving their youngest son who died from one of the monster uh, creatures uh, gave him the rocket that his dad took away their dad took away to begin with Um, granted she didn't give him the batteries to make the rocket work the little boy did that all on his own but yeah again she was mad because how are you gonna knock up your wife and gonna seem like you're mad at your daughter for the noise situation that caused your son's death and then you know have a baby which I don't know I had a thought on this too. I'm not sure if I did mention it. Maybe I did briefly mention it for a minute in the episode. Um, Because I did notice too. I was kind of confused. I'm like, "Mm, why would you go and do that? Like, you know, she's pregnant after her son son died. Was this decision based off guilt? Or did you think that, um, you know, it would give you guys a second chance to right your wrong because of the guilt? Like, what, what was their... Why? Why would you do that? (laughs) Because having a baby is not a quiet, it's not anything quiet. There's nothing quiet about having a baby or making one for that matter. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid. Anyways, so, you know, it's kind of like ringing the dinner bell. 
like you're 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 bringing all this attention to yourself and yeah they made the paddock room all that stuff but i'm not gonna get too much into it but it's it's true like why would you do that where you know i know we were a year and a half into or they were they were a little over a year into since this whole crazy you know invasion happened so and and clearly they have access to a store they were able to go to the store to get the the medicine for their son did they not have so you know any uh condoms in stock or were they expired you know or was it just a you know heated like a a, a passionate moment where you, they kind of had sex and forgot to grab a condom and then by the time they realized they're like oh you know pull out method because that always works just kidding um not that i would know anyways maybe it was because they wanted to try to have an opportunity to make up for that guilt or maybe they thought it would make them feel better and then finally when they realized that she was pregnant they're like oh fuck we might have just fucked ourselves who knows but that's what made her mad and then she didn't like the ending um at the time you know it made her so mad she was kind of like that's it just ends like that but you know she's entitled my good friend is entitled to her opinion about the movie you know but maybe that was their intention because they wanted to they knew they were going to make a sequel you know who knows but it, like i said it's comments like that that i want to be able to share um but not just from, you know, close friends and family. I want to share with people that I don't know, you know, the listeners, you know, who, who want to take part in this conversation with me. So, again, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, email. Um, Instagram is happy hour with Victabulous, all one word. Uh, Twitter is at HHRCapsVictabulous. And my email, happyhourvictabulous at hotmail.com. All right, knives out. Starring an all-star cast. I mean, from the get-go, you've got Christopher Plummer, did Sound of Music, Voice of Up, and many other movies. You also have Don Johnson, Miami Vice, Jamie Lee Curtis, Halloween, Freaky Friday. You also have Daniel Craig, a.k.a. Mr. James Bond, uh, Michael Sheen, who was in Pearl Harbor, Men of Steel, Chris Evans, Hello, Captain America, duh. Uh, Tony Collette, who was in In Her Shoes, and many more other movies uh Anna de Armas who's kind of a new face to me um but then when you look her up and what she's done she was in Blade Runner uh the night clerk and then um also she's going to be the new Bond girl in the new Bond movie coming up there's Catherine Langford who is in 13 Reasons Jaden Martell who was in the remake of It and then uh Lakeith Stanfield who was in Get Out and the movie, uh, not movie, the TV show Atlanta. All-star cast, you know, well-known faces. It's a it's a clue, you know, kind of feeling movie, whodunit, murder mystery, which is awesome because I don't think there's been one recently or, you know, up to this good quality that we've had in a while kind of movie. Um, so it starts with the wealthy crime novelist Harlan Romney invites his extended family to his remote mansion on his 85th birthday in order to deliver important but unfortunately disappointing to the other family members. He ends up wanting to tell them that, you know, he, they're not going to be included in his will. The next morning, however, Harlan's housekeeper, Fran, finds him dead in his study. So the police, along with a very experienced private eye detective, are called in to investigate. 
and throughout a series of interviews with members of the family, secrets are revealed as well as possible motives for, you know, what they think is murder. So basically, Harlan has dirt on pretty much, not all the family members, but there's reasons behind why he's taking them out of the will. Some of them are, you know, just he's being a father and wanting his kids to succeed on their own and, you know, grandkids as well. But then there's those other family members where who have wronged him or wronged somebody that he loves and he's calling them out. That's why this is what we're about to get into. So Richard Harlan's son-in-law was discovered to have cheated on his wife, Linda, which is Harlan's daughter, who is played by Jamie Lee Curtis. Um, with Harlan, he's threatening to expose Richard. And then there's Joni, who's Harlan's daughter-in-law, um, but she and a wife of his deceased son, Neil, um, who's briefly mentioned in the, in the movie. And she was exposed by Harlan after she stole $400,000 from him by sourcing duplicate checks that was meant for her daughter, Megan, who is played by Catherine Langford um, in 13 Reasons Why, to a private bank account. And then Walter, Harlan's youngest son, who works with him at a publishing company because that's what Harlan is basically known for. He writes um, mystery novels, you know, built this massive empire uh, in books, from writing books, and now he, like, has a publishing company, and he works with his youngest son, Walter. But he fires Walter from his father's publishing company during the birthday party. They didn't really get much into specifics. It seemed like Harlan wanted to give Walter the opportunity to make something of himself on his own without feeling obligated to take over the family business. Like, he didn't want him to. He wanted to basically make something of himself on his own. Ransom, who's played by uh, Chris Evans, who's Linda and Richard's son, Jamie Lee Curtis and Don Johnson, had discovered he'd been cut out of the will entirely. Ransom learned that he was being cut out of the will entirely way before any of the family members found out that they were being cut. They didn't have necessarily a good relationship like the Grand Harlan and Ransom. So they have that uh, discussion in his office during the uh, birthday party. Then revealed that after the party, Harlan's caretaker, Marta Cabrera, who is played by Anna de Armas, takes Harlan upstairs to give him his, his, his nightly medication. I laughed because I, I, when I was looking at this uh, summary for the movie, I thought, I don't know why it automatically popped into my head, but it was like his night-night, his nighty-night medication, his nighty-night juice. I don't know. Just random thought. That's me. Anyways, after playing a, a game of, uh, you know, Go, which is kind of like their little nightly ritual of, of playing a game of Go, Harlan jokingly knocks the board off the table and before uh, Marta could give him his medication. So Marta picks up the bottles and injects injected him but then she soon realized that she accidentally gave him 100 milligrams of morphine okay i'm just gonna pause right there because working in healthcare let me just say that this is probably what marta thinks that she just did the mistake with the medication the mix-up is probably the biggest fear for any healthcare worker that does that. Like if you, if that's what you do on a regular basis is that you give medication, you give injections, like they have it at our work to where we have to do numerous checks, not just with ourselves, but we'll have to have somebody else check it too, like an LVN or an RN. 
to check to make sure that we have the right dose, the right patient, you know, just make sure everything because those mistakes have happened. And because of those mistakes that have happened is why we have to do so many rechecks and have someone verify. So that fear, I can only, I can only imagine is what every healthcare worker, nurse, you know, whatever fears. To protect his friend, Harlan um, gave her strict instructions on how to escape and avoid suspicion before he slit his own throat in front of her, leaving her shocked. So Marta then, she follows his instructions, she drives away, and then goes and parks her car once she leaves the, the gate to where he lives and returns to the house through the gate entrance, um, like in the backyard. And then before climbing up the, the these little like wooden uh, trellis, I believe, um, on the side of the house and wearing Harlan's coat and hat to confuse Walter, Walter in his peripheral vision by going down the stairs and then going back up. That way he doesn't get suspicious because he's seen Marta leave. So that automatically rules her out as a suspect. Um, the police then question Marta, as she's a trustworthy source due to her inability to lie without vomiting. This is pretty crappy. It's not something that you, it's not any kind of like disorder. I looked it up. I was like, oh, I don't think this really happens. Um, I think it's just in, with her in particular, because, you know, Certain lies that we do tell in real life, depending on how big they are and who we're lying to, yeah, that can make you like a person sick to your stomach. That's just how, depending on the lie, the reason of the lie, who you're lying to, that, that I can understand making you feel sick to your stomach. But to do it every, but to have it every single time, oh, that just sucks. Seriously sucks. That's not something that I would want to have at all. Uh, not because I lie a lot, but I'm just saying of all things to cause vomiting is lying. Like, come on now. Vomiting is not a fun thing, okay? Like, it's not. It's not fun. Like, yay, I'm gonna lie so I can vomit. No. Anyways, so they question Marta because they know they heard about her little, you know, situation of not being able to lie without vomiting. Um, however, she makes it through her, um, the interrogation with Phil because um, in a flashback, she mentions to Harlan that, you know, she can't lie to the police of all people, um, but just in general because of her little side effect, you know, to vomiting. But he tells her, you know, then don't lie, but tell part of the truth, like most of the truth, but just leaving certain things out. It, it works so much that she can, she can do that and then leave the room after questioning, but she has to like go to the bathroom really quickly. So that way she can vomit so it's not it I think it just delays the process of her exposing herself that she's like giving herself away by vomiting the next day Blanc along with Marta and the police search the house and the surroundings um for clues and many of which Marta is able to cover up before the detectives the detectives can find them and then um since it is the day of Harlan's will reading the family is anxiously waiting um for the reveal um, and then, so in the meantime, since this whole thing has happened, had his funeral, they've, um, and then now they're at the day of the, where they're going to have, um, a memorial for him at the house for everyone to come and, and pay their respects. Um, but before, um, and then they have the will. So they already had the memorial. They already had the funeral. 
all of which their, the grandson, Ransom, hasn't shown up. He's just been kind of like MIA, but that seems pretty kind of like Ransom because he they describe him to be selfish and a douchebag and, you know, very entitled type of person, which is nice, might I add, to um, seeing Chris Evans, who usually plays, you know, an honorable person, to seeing him play like a really jackassy type of character. So, um, and then, so the... The family's anxiously waiting. He shows up the first time you start seeing Ransom since his uh, blow up with his, his grandfather. And um, just a little FYI, a little fun fact. They have dogs on the perimeter, um, like family dogs to uh, German Shepherds, I believe. And uh, so when Ransom shows up for the will reading and he's walking up to the house, as soon as he gets out of the car, the dogs are, you know, excited to see him. So they start running up to him and start jumping, you know, all around him. And his character is very, I guess, not dog person. But in a way to get the dogs um, to come up to him like that and jump, start jumping on him and all that stuff is he, you know, Chris Evans took the dog's favorite toys and put them in his pockets of his coat. And so that way, that that's how he got the, the dogs to, you know, jump around him like all excitedly all that stuff so I thought that was really cool that he he did that um to, to for that scene so just a little FYI um so anyways the family's anxiously waiting for the will reading and then uh, Harlan goes into the house there's this uh <laughs> this scene where Harlan finally meets the detectives uh the police and the and um Mr. Blanc Detective Blanc. And I thought this was a hilarious scene because if you've seen the TV show CSI, like CSI Miami, CSI New York, CSI Las Vegas, all that, like I have, it, it's you'll get this, this reference because when uh, Ransom meets Detective Blanc in the movie, he has this uh, very deep and strong uh, accent and uh, he calls him... Um, CSI KFC. I just thought that was hilarious. Like, <laughs> it took me a minute because it's kind of like happening pretty fast in the scene. Um, but it took me a moment to realize what he had said. Like CSI KFC. I got it. So I just thought it was funny. Um, hopefully you guys did too. So they go in there. They're getting ready for the will reading. And inevitably they're shocked to hear that Harlan has left everything to Marta. But... Ransom already knows this because when he was in the office then on the night of his, um, his grandfather's uh, birthday, it was revealed to him already. So he already knew this. He's kind of just showing up to witness everybody's reaction um, to learning they're not going to be in the will. Um, so Marta's getting everything, including his inheritance, the house, and his company. Okay, so, you know, you have who Joni, who is just, she's money hungry. She wants the money so that's where her you know she's looking forward to the will and then the house which is you know very close and important to his daughter Linda and then of course his company which uh, the youngest son Walter is like they're all completely distraught in their own way because they all thought they were gonna get you know a portion of what they wanted in the will so Linda of course you know wanted the house um, Joni was only interested in money, and then of course Walter, you know, he's passionate about the the, the company. 
And despite the family's kindness to, to Marta the night prior um, at his birthday party and then at the memorial at the house, uh, they quickly turn on her. Um, however, Ransom helps her escape and then Ransom and Marta then go to a local restaurant where Ransom coaxes, he like tricks her into telling him everything because he knows about her situation with not being able to lie and vomiting. So then, meanwhile, the family members are trying to come up with some kind of plan. They're freaking out, you know, they were left nothing. And so they're trying to come up with a plan as to how to get the inheritance back. Um, so members, family members realize that if Mar Marta can be proven as a murderer, they will regain their inheritance. Um, so they insist that the murder investigation continue and Blanc confirms his suspicion of foul play, adding that everyone is still a potential uh, suspect. Uh, this leads Marta to, re to receiving a ransom note reading, I know what you did, along with a partial photocopy of Harlan's toxicology report. Um, so then Marta drives with Ransom to the medical examiner's office because they, you know, at the, re at the restaurant, he does trick her into telling him everything that Harlan has instructed her to do and everything that happened that night. And then he decides, you know, hey, I will help you figure this out so that way you don't go to jail. You keep the inheritance, but I get my portion of the, the inheritance. Um, so they kind of team up together and they, um, they go to the uh, medical examiner's office only to find out that it's up in flames and swarming with police. And at, um, then Ransom insists that Marta checks her email. And she does, and when she does, she finds an address and a time uh, to go with the Ransom note that was left at her door. Blanc spots there. They, they, they're hiding in their car from a distance, and uh, Blanc sees them. And kind of, she hightails it out of there and they engage in a car chase. But Marta and Ransom are ultimately unable to evade their, uh, the, the cops and Blanc um, before Ransom is arrested. After uh, Juanetta, Harlan's mother and elderly matriarch of the family, falsely identified Marta as him at the house. Um, because there was a scene, like, first of all, it's a very impressive that this lady is still alive. This is Harlan's mom. And Harlan is celebrating his 85th birthday, so I can only imagine how old she is. But in the movie, they don't mention it. They say they don't. They never. Nobody knows um, how old she is exactly. When uh, Ransom storms out of the argument that he just had with his, his grandfather at his birthday party, um, she asks, you know, Ransom, are you leaving or something like that? She makes a comment noticing that he's leaving. And then there's um, when Marta is following Harlan's. Um, instructions to go back to the house to kind of like cover up her tracks and to um, make sure that she's you know the family still thinks that the Harlan's alive she on her way out from the the window that she climbed out of she bumps into the great grandma um, but she's you know they they describe her to be old so it's like kind of like she's not really there she can't really see that good either so that's how she mistakens Marta for ransom and then Marta drives to the address that was on the um, in her email only to find Fran the the help there and drugged so Marta performs CPR on her and calls the police phone line 
and ensuring that Fran gets to the hospital safely. And then on the drive back to the mansion, Marta reveals everything to Blanc, who discourages her from confessing to the family. However, when she's about to tell, she's basically about to confess to everybody and tell them like, hey, this is what happened. This is what Harlan is, what made me do. You know, she's responsible for um, his death because she mixed up the medication and then, you know, which led to him slitting his throat. But upon doing that, they, they have the toxicology, like the, the letter, the toxicology report, because when Marta was in the, she went up to meet Fran, who she thought was blackmailing her. Turns out that she's a victim herself, Fran's a victim. So she, um, while Fran's kind of like in the state of dying because she was drugged, she's making out that she's telling her, telling Marta these words. First of all, she's saying, you, you did it. You killed them. Marta thinks that she's accusing her. And then she also says one word. She says like stash, stashed something. So there's like bits and pieces of what Marta was able to uh, recognize or hear from Fran before she had to start CPR on her and she was taken to the hospital. So they, shortly after they get back to the house, because the initial plan is for Marta to finally confess and be arrested for the murder of Harlan, and she's going to tell the family what really happened. Um, but before they do, Marta realizes that what Fran was trying to tell her was that she stashed, she has a stash in, um, in the library, I believe. She has a stash in one of the rooms. You notice, if you watch the movie, you remember that um, Fran has a stash of um, weed, uh, in the, in a clock because nobody opens the door of a clock because it's like the most inconspicuous hiding place. So that's what she remembers hearing Fran say is her stash of weed there. Um, so she goes back to the clock, she opens it up and sure enough, there is an actual full copy of the, uh, medical examiner's like toxicology report because Marta only received the top portion of it. She didn't actually receive the results in the ransom note that she got while she's she didn't get a look a chance to look at the stash or the, the toxicology report that Fran had stashed away she just automatically gave it to Blanc and then she goes into the other room to to confess to the family and as she's getting ready to tell them what happened um Blanc looks at the toxicology report and quickly you know uh keeps her from telling them. So he interrupts her right at the right time. Blanc tells her to stop at the last minute when he spots something in the, the copy of the full toxicology report that Fran had hidden away. Um, the police bring Ransom to the house and place him in a private room where Blanc and Marta are waiting. Blanc reveals that he deduced the murder and goes on to reveal what he knows. So they're in this moment, this is really, I found a very funny moment. Um, so before they bring Ransom into the room where Blanc and Marta are waiting, Marta and Blanc are kind of having this discussion, kind of recapping everything um, step by step along the way since Harlan's murder. And in addition to Daniel Craig's accent that he has for this character and him explaining to Marta, you know, basically he what he realized is that there's a donut. And inside that donut hole is another perfectly placed donut that fits into this donut hole and so on and so on. But in his accent that he has, I couldn't help but 
think of that scene in Jurassic Park, the first one, where the doctor, um, Dr. Grant and his wife and Ian Malcolm are kind of like taking behind the scenes tour uh, with John Hammond uh, to kind of see how they created the dinosaurs. And there's that little kind of uh, video of like cartoon video and the guy narrating it that's who his voice reminds me of. So when he's describing these donuts, how they fit perfectly inside the donut hole, it reminds me of that narrator's voice uh, because he's like, in that donut is another perfectly placed donut. And then you make a baby dinosaur. That's the, that's the, that's the, <laughs> that's the, the, what comes to mind. That's the accent, everything, the voice. That's what I hear. It goes from Daniel Craig to that narrate to the the narrator of Jurassic Park when they're talking about how they were able to kind of replicate Dino DNA as they say it. So <laughs> I just thought it was funny. I couldn't get it out of my head. I pointed it out to my husband, and now he can't get it. He can't get it out of his head. So which is fine because if I can't get it out of my head, he should not be able to either, nor anybody else from this point on since I just told you about it so hopefully when you watch it or if you rewatch it and you see that scene you'll know what I'm talking about and then that that voice will come into your head from Jurassic Park so I just had to make that comparison because it's absolutely hilarious so Marta's confused she doesn't know why Blanc stopped her from confessing to the family she still doesn't know about the toxicology report and then they bring in and he's describing donut holes and so then finally they bring in Ransom. And so basically then that brings Blanc to step-by-step, step, starting from the very beginning, kind of retail how everything happened, but including Ransom. So the night of the party, Ransom stormed out, of, out after discovering that Martha's inheritance from Harlan and decided to frame her for Harlan's murder. So Ransom swapped the inheritance or no, Ransom swapped the contents of the medication vials um, because uh, Marta has like a designated medical bag with his medication and everything that she keeps in his study. So he went up there. He snuck back into the house after storming out. He swapped the contents of the medication vials and removed the emergency morphine counter agent, ensuring the morphine overdose. So basically what he did there was uh, Toradol, Ketorolac, um, and then there was the morphine. So those two vials that she gives him every night, she does a little bit of each. Um, he, with the syringe, he took out all of the medication from one vial and put it in the other and vice versa. So that way it would, she would be held accountable for the overdose. So then he swapped the vials back while the rest of the family was at Harlan's funeral because when he tried going back the second time, in the night to switch them back so that the they wouldn't test the vials or whatever so he wouldn't be found out the dogs were starting to bark so it was kind of and then like he saw a light switch go on in the house so he had to he had to wait until the day of the funeral which is why he wasn't at the funeral because he knew everybody else would be and he could sneak into the house without being seen however Fran was not at the funeral and saw Ransom in Harlan's study that day and was able to kind of quickly put together his involvement in Harlan's death, which prompted her to send him the Ransom letter. So he was originally 
she originally sent him the ransom letter that was kind of cut off of the toxicology report and um, then he used that ransom letter to send to Martha um, so that she would still think that she was being found out after cutting out the address and then ransom then burnt down the medical examiner's office to ensure that Harlan's blood work was destroyed. Ransom confronted Fran and drugged her with the morphine, uh, nearly killing her before destroying the original copy of the toxicology report and emailing Marta Fran's location in the hopes of fooling the police into believing Marta had murdered Fran as well. Uh, Blanc then reveals that the toxicology report shows that Harlan wasn't poisoned at all and that Marta had instinctively given Harlan the correct medication but noticing the misspelling or mislabeling didn't know. Marta then receives a call from the hospital and says that Fran is alive, which in all this slight revealing, it forces Ransom to admit his crimes before angrily vowing revenge and legal course recourse on Marta. And at the last moment, Marta vomits on Ransom, which everybody knows by now is her telltale that she's lying. Um, so what she lied about is that Fran actually died at the hospital. And um, this was an attempt for Ransom to confess because they were recording the whole incident the whole time and Ransom didn't know. And it worked. Ransom confessed. He then becomes enraged once he finds out that he had been tricked into admitting the murder and arson, Ransom then attempts to stab Marta, but the knife turns out to be one of Harlan's many props. Um, he is then taken from the police test, uh, into police custody while the rest of the family watches in disgust. And as Ransom is taken away, the remaining from the family look up to the mansion's balcony to see Marta sipping from Harlan's signature coffee cup with a label. My house, my rules, my coffee written on it. And that's how it ends. Um, I have that coffee cup because I think it's just very fitting for me. Um, so yeah, as some of you may know from my Instagram picture, um, I had to get it once I saw that it was actually available to purchase. So anyways, um, so this is Knives Out. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought that it was a really good murder mystery movie and I thought it was funny how they made the guy the Harlan uh Christopher Plummer's character uh mystery you know murder mystery novel like he was off like a writer too so I thought that was cool the whole cast was was really great everybody did a really good job I just I, I didn't know it was going to be Ransom did I don't know if any of you guys knew I honestly, I didn't know until, of course, like when it started, like pieces of the puzzle started to come together. Um, but I thought it was really good because it, it, you, in the beginning, you didn't know. I mean, there was, it wasn't that everybody was a suspect, but you could, but there are those family members that you thought like they wanted to make you think that was like they had a motive. So there was like Joni and then there was uh, Richard, the unfaithful husband of Linda. Um, so those were those two kind of, uh, already like suspects that I already had pinned to be one of them. And then there's also, uh, Walter because he got fired from the, um, company, the family company. But 
Harlan died before he can even, you know, make it official in a way because he only told him about it at his birthday party and told him that they would discuss the, the details and the specifics in the next morning. But, of course, because of his unfortunate death, they um, that wasn't that couldn't happen. So um, but yeah, I really, really enjoyed this movie. It was really fun. It was very, you know, suspenseful, funny. Um, yeah. So I really enjoyed it. Let me know what you guys think. Um, again, Instagram, happy hour with Victabulous, Twitter at HHR Victabulous, or send me an email, happy hour Victabulous at hotmail.com. I'm really looking forward to hear what you guys think. Um, and so, yeah. And then for next episode, we are going to do, um, Birds of Prey. And so uh, I really, I saw that movie recently, thought it was a really good movie. I think it's uh, one of the unfortunate few good movies. Um, unfortunately, meaning for DC, because they haven't really had too many hits out there as far as their DC movies. Um, but I thought this one was really good. Um, and I really enjoyed Birds of Prey. I thought it was really kind of like a good female character cast type of kick-ass movie um and yeah so uh follow me again um and I look forward to recording next episode for you and hopefully you enjoy this one thanks